Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cabaret Secrets. My name is Gary Williams, and today we're going to talk about sound. And I'm joined by a brilliant, my new best friend, a brilliant sound engineer, Kay Richardson. Hi, Kay. Welcome to Cabaret Secrets. Hello, Gary. Oh, you're sounding very posh now. You're on the you're on a podcast. So, what was your background before you were working here on on a ship? I actually went to recording school for live sound and for recording, and then after that, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I started working in the theaters there, mm. doing sound engineering and sound design. How much of the stuff that you learned at school was relevant, actually, practically in the in the workplace? All of it. Really, <laughs> all really. Of it. That's unusual. Huh? Yeah, it is unusual, but all of it, it was very, very, very helpful. And especially when I came to ships, because my first ship was Adventure, and they had the Euphonics, which is a recording console. Which you have to translate. You know, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> now. <laughs> Just the sound sound they had, box. They had this soundboard on Adventure that is a recording. This console. is a bit. This is a Royal Caribbean ship. Royal Caribbean ship. Right. And it's, most ships have live consoles. Like, it's for live sound, not for recording. Oh, okay. But that ship had a recording console for recording as opposed to live sound. But because I had a recording background, I already knew how to work it. Ah. But if I didn't, then it would be, it would have been complicated. So was most of the stuff that you learned was, was in a recording situation or in a live, or was it a real mixture of both? It was a mix of both. And does it make a big difference to you, the way you approach sound, whether it's for recording in a studio or live on stage or is it basically the same no it's not the same you approach it completely different like how like with the recording console versus the live console everything you know about live sound you have to throw it out of it throw it get rid of it because it does not apply to a recording console is complete opposite so like with that board or like we're recording for instance because you're just in a studio and you're recording, you can go back and edit anytime you want to. The way you EQ an instrument will be different. The way you balance everything is going to be completely different than if you're in a live theater. Because in a live theater, you don't want it to sound like it's in a studio recorded. You want it to just be live. So the way you EQ and balance everything is completely different. Hmm. And did you, I mean, is, is the equipment that you were faced with on a ship generally much different to what you were working with on land did you learn much when you came onto ships is it sort of bigger better not so good or how does it compare the equipment is a little different especially on bigger ships because at home i don't i've never worked with lcs which is what they have on the bigger ships what here. is that a brand or a type it's of? a it's a type of playback so on this ship we have the 2424 to play back all the tracks for the production shows these are for those that don't know these are well explain so for all of our production shows that we have, the Royal Caribbean Singers, when they sing, they have tracks to cover what the orchestra doesn't play. And for that, we have it backed up onto... Oh, so do you mean like music? So, for example, some congas or some strings exactly. or some things that aren't in the orchestra, they're recorded on this track and the orchestra plays, the live orchestra plays along to the recorded instruments. That's correct. So the biggest ships have what you call LCS, which is just a program, like Pro Tools, but instead of Pro Tools, it's called LCS. Mm -hmm. So that I learned on ships. Because they didn't have it at home. They do now, but they, at first they didn't. So I learned that on ships. And uh, all the digital boards, I learned on ships. Because at home you have to already know it, or else you won't get hired. So it was like analog boards before, and now on ships. And now on ships, digital. What's the main difference between analog and digital as, as far as you're concerned? Because with analog, for every show, I have to change, I have to go through and change all the knobs on my board to... So I have to, like, write down all my settings for each guest entertainer so that the next time I can, like, go through and change every single thing. On a digital board, you just press save. <laughs> and I would, I like, type in your name, Gary Williams, and the next time your show comes up, I'll just press recall. 
So it sounds easy life. <laughs> it's much easier with a digital board. <laughs> and are these skills, the things which you've learned with the equipment on ships, are they things which you can use on land or is it exclusive to ships? No, it's because of everything that I've learned on ships, that's why I get hired more on land now. Mm. So the skills are very transferable. Mm. How much of your time is spent working on land now and how much is on ships and do you like to get a balance? And now I'm getting a balance. I just spent a year on land and seven months when I leave here on ships. Mm. So, and then when I leave here, I'll be taking another year off and then I'll come back and do another seven months. Nice, a nice so. balance. And do you think a lot of people in your position are pleasantly surprised with the standard of equipment that they have on ships? Or what? I know I am. <laughs> 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 Only because I just I did a tour this year on land, and it was very few venues that I went to that had this kind of equipment that mm. they have on ships. So, no, I'm, I'm shocked at what they have on ships. Because I think uh, people still have, or some people still have this idea that ships is maybe a little bit old-fashioned. They've got this idea that they're stuck, stuck in a time warp of the 1970s or something, right? But I've heard, you tell me if this is true, but I've heard that a lot of ships are, are so over-specified as far as any kind of technical equipment is concerned because the ship's going to stay in service a long time and they want the equipment to really be absolute state-of-the-art so that it's going to still be pretty relevant 10 years down the road. That's correct, because they don't want to spend a lot of money on something that's going to not last for more mm. than two years mm. or be outdated and you can't use it anymore. So mm. now they spend a lot of money to make sure it's going to last for a long that's time. That's nice, though, right? It's good <laughs> it for everybody. Nice. So what are the main challenges for you when working with a singer on a, on a ship? Now, my biggest challenge is when I get a guest entertainer who doesn't know anything about what they want or need, whether it be, um, for instance, we'll have them come up is. For me, it's important if I know the night before what you need as far as your setup. If it's a complicated setup or if you need a lot of a lot of things. That way when rehearsal comes, everything will be set and ready to go for you. And the band, when they get here, they're not waiting on me to finish setting you up. Mm. But when you say like a complicated setup, what are you talking Are you talking about singers? And do singers sometimes want complicated setups? Because I... I, I what yeah, I easy, mine's yeah. easy. Okay, it seems easy to me. But what else? Do, so I'll explain what I have. And I guess is mine standard or, or not? N now, no. It used to be standard, but now everyone, every guest entertainer, almost comes with track. Come with like they have their own backing tracks and also click for oh, the band. So for for my setup, explain my setup, which is a simple setup. So your setup is just you have the live orchestra, you have your monitors, and then you have your your background uh, vocals. Mm -hmm. So that is the monitors of the foldback, sometimes called foldback speakers. There's two of those at the front of the stage. The band have their own foldback, their own monitors. That's their business. And then for this show, I've got two backing vocalists. So there's two more microphones for those. And that's, that's, that's it. That's, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. I used to work with click tracks for some time i, I uh, tried them because it was it's nice to fill out the sound of the orchestra by having the strings like we say or some different instruments maybe sometimes i haven't got guitar in the band so i'd have guitar on the track but i stopped doing it because th for those that don't know on there's two channels a left and a right and on one channel the, uh, the instruments which aren't in the orchestra the recorded instruments are coming out into the house right, right. and then on the other channel is a click 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 it's called a click trap because what the musicians are listening to in their ear is someone counting one two three four which count starts the musicians playing and then it's click 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 the whole time throughout the tune in their ears the musicians have got this 
like a cowbell being hit, right, to keep them in time. Because, of course, they have to stay in exact time with the track, because if they started playing slightly off with the recorded instruments, it would all go horribly wrong. And I know for the style of music that I like to sing, which is sort of jazz-based, I suppose, most of it, that it's very restrictive to the sort of creativity of the of the musicians. They it's sort of horrible. They just want to kind of get into the groove, right. and they can't get into a groove, a natural groove, because there's this cowbell hammering in their ear the whole time, and it's it's horrible, and it's kind of destructive to their creativity. Even though it, it makes for a, a less full sound, I'd rather have a more you know, real sound and kind of have try and have a right. bit more soul and feeling in there somewhere. But uh, it is popular these days for people to use click tracks, right? Yes. And that affects, that's part of the setup. That is part of the setup. So, and, and again, like, they'll do click track. For me, I like to just test everything to make sure it works the night before or either a, a few minutes before rehearsal. And some people also bring, like, now that we're in Brazil, everyone wants to bring their own instruments, and which is fun, but... Oh, the guest entertainers will bring their own guitar or their, their own, own tambourine or, or something. Tambourine or um, they want in-ears as well as opposed to using actual monitors. So you can provide an in-ear monitor, like a little thing that plugs in their ear. Correct. Uh. So all this stuff is very helpful just because I may or may not have what they're looking for, and I might have to improvise. But if you show up to rehearsal and you're just like, here you go, then... If you show up five minutes before the rehearsal is going to start <laughs> and you say, oh, well, by the way, I need this, this, and this... Yeah, it's, it's going to take a while to set it up. Because if I don't have it, then I have to go looking around in my different lockers mm. to see what I have to make it work. And that's going to... Then the band's got away, exactly. the production team's got away. I mean, there's a lot of people, right? You could have, like, 15 people then waiting around for you making you feel bad <laughs> and under pressure while everyone's wondering, what's the sound person doing? But nobody told you right exactly so it helps to know at least like the day before so it would help if a if when a singer comes on maybe if they have typed up like a little would you call it like a technical rider it's like a technical rider and it, it can be a simple thing right because yes. it doesn't have to be written in all sorts of fancy jargon i guess right you it can just say hey this is me and this is kind of i use click track during the show and i use i've got my own tambourine which needs amplifying i've got this i've got that right whether or not they're going to use their own band and what their own what their own band because sometimes they don't always use our orchestra they'll bring their own like guitar player or bass player ah, right, or right, drum, right. drummer so all the, all of those things are very 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 helpful and if no one if they don't tell you you're not going to know until they show up on the day right? no that did happen uh last contract someone had an old technical writer and we kept asking okay are you it was an old technical it was an old oh, one right, yeah. that they used last time they were here so we're like, is it the same? They were like, yes, 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 it's the same. So it said that <laughs> they were going to be using all in-ears. So it was like four of them and then three of our orchestra members. Mm. Everyone was to get in-ears. So I set everything up so everyone had their own in-ears, an individual mix. I had everything ready to go for rehearsal. And then they show up at rehearsal and they're like, ah, we didn't bring them. So now we are all going to use monitor wedges. <laughs> Well, I didn't have enough monitor wedges to supply them on that ship, so now I have to go to the different lounges, find different, like, extra <laughs> monitor wedges and get everything set up. So, of course, and on that ship, you have to repatch everything in the amp room for the monitors. So, obviously, that took, that took a little more time. And these repatching things in the amp room are things that we singers don't really think about. Exactly. Right? That's your department. Exactly. So it, it required a lot more work than what they, they thought it was going to be as simple as oh, get rid of the, um, the patching for the in-ears and just plug in the monitors. Mm. It's not that simple. 
thank you for listening to this Cabaret Secrets podcast. If you've got any comments or questions, please visit cabaretsecrets.com where you'll also find details of the Cabaret Secrets book, an indispensable guide on how to create your own show, travel the world, and get paid to do what you love. <laughs>